Hey everyone, Steve Glenn from Experience Milwaukee. Welcome to the show. This is a great one. Uh, this is part of our partnership with Startup Milwaukee, and uh, the the show here is from their recent Emerge event that took place during Young Professionals Week that is uh, being hosted by and produced by Milwaukee. Uh, more on that at ypweek.com. And um, this this is an interview between Startup Milwaukee founder Matt Cordio and IdeaWake uh, founder Kobe Sconard, um, just about uh, you know what you go through, how you go through, why you go through starting a company, and actually the IdeaWake uh, platform that Kobe uh, has has developed is. A resource for uh, those people who have ideas and want to get them off the ground um, and those companies with people inside them who want to nurture those ideas and engage those employees through that process. So I won't share any more. I'll let them tell the story. But um, if you are an entrepreneur thinking about uh, how you may get your idea off the ground, if you are an intrapreneur uh, within a company um, this is definitely the show for you, and if you are thinking of doing any of that and not sure where is the best place, uh, we, of course, encourage you to consider Milwaukee. And as always, this show is sponsored by Transfer Pizzeria Cafe, Northwestern Mutual, and Advocate Aurora Health. And now, uh, we'll kick it over to the boys in Black Belt Theater. to sit down with Kobe today and in, on May 22nd uh, in the evening um, we're, we're sitting down with Ed Barthel who's he was the uh, founder of EM Systems which was a, a very successful exit uh, tech company here in Milwaukee and uh, is currently the, the founder of Amopti which is an emergency uh, medicine optimization uh, platform so that's May 22nd and we'll send details out on that soon. Um, but we have Kobe here, so just testing this. Okay, it works. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks, tricky. Matt. Yeah. So now this is the important part. We're on the record now. All right. So um, Steve will provide a great intro to the podcast. So I'm just going to dive right in, in, Kobe, and uh, tell us a little bit about what IdeaWake is. Most definitely, and you know, first and foremost, thanks so much for having us on, and you know, letting us share our story, and, and hopefully, everybody finds you know a little value for their personal journey out of it. So, uh, as Cordio said, my name is Kobe Sconard, co-founder and CEO of IdeaWake, and we help companies uh, normally with about over 250 employees and above capture, evaluate, and implement ideas from those employees. So, really, what we are focused on is increasing employee engagement by empowering employees with a voice, at the same time helping drive financial impact using software that engages employees across a large organization. And so um, I'm always curious when I sit down with somebody, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. You know, where did your startup come from? Yes, so have the most cliche like starting point for a story. So I was in my parents' basement my junior year in college, right, uh, and came up with this idea, the original inception of the company uh, for crowdsourcing the product development process. So the concept was that entrepreneurs have ideas, no way to get those ideas, well, don't have the time or the resources or the like money 
basically to get those ideas to market. And so, you know, worked in my parents' basement for the next year to come up with basically a initial model for the program. So, uh, yeah. And so where you started was not necessarily where you are now. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of your journey to getting to IdeaWake. Yes. So, well, I mean, if we back up a little bit, I uh, originally was in accounting and finance, believe it or not, and uh, got a job at Ernst Young right out of school and ended up putting in my two weeks on the first day to start the company. True entrepreneur. Yes. So it was, um, you know, they made me go to training still. So I ended up being there about a month because uh, I thought I was crazy and, you know, I was just getting cold feet. Obviously, that wasn't the case. Uh, but, you know, from there, we the journey was basically the first two years, we followed that initial model of helping entrepreneurs. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into advice in a little bit, I think. But uh, I was very headstrong, let's just say, on that model. And what we ended up finding out was, you know, don't think it's a secret, entrepreneurs don't have a lot of money, right? So uh, the business model itself, in order to scale that, especially in the Milwaukee market, was not a um, you know feasible at the time, and it still really isn't. Uh, so what we did was pivoted to actually using the same model, uh, same you know exact well, very similar uh, concept for the actual software and how it worked, and applying that to innovation and ideas inside of enterprise, because corporations have money. And so, how did you go about that process of you know pivoting? That's kind of a startup buzzword. Um, you know, what was the first client that you kind of landed in that enterprise space that, that made you think, ah, this is the path I need to keep going down? Mm -hmm. So how many, how many people here have like, heard of the Tech Summit before? How many people have been to it? Just raise your hands. Wow. Okay, so I definitely look in, well, this is a plug for them, I guess, but I definitely look into going to that next year. Uh, so we actually landed our first enterprise client, which was Advocate Aurora, well, Aurora at the time, Advocate Aurora now. Uh, and I met originally with Mike Rogers at the Tech Summit. Uh, it was, I think it's going on four years ago now. Uh, but that was the initial inception. We had already pivoted the company at that time, uh, but we ended up working together uh, for about six months before running a pilot of the software. And uh, for those not familiar with the Tech Summit, it's a, it's a wonderful event that matches kind of large companies with uh, startups. It's put on by the Tech Council. Um, definitely check it out. Um, so you met Mike Rogers, you landed your pilot. Uh, tell us about kind of the co-development relationship that you've built with Advocate Aurora. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, well, we built a new product together, which wasn't in the initial business plan. Uh, so I would say the, the co-development itself and, you know, why we had the opportunity to work with a large organization like Advocate Aurora was our willingness to, you know, look at what their needs were and look at also how to differentiate ourselves from others in the market because there are competitors in the space uh, based upon that co-development. So it was a lot of work that we ended up doing pro bono. Uh, but now that same product is being sold in several other healthcare organizations, but also outside of healthcare as well. Yeah, you're doing great work with pro-healthcare as yeah. well, mm -hmm. um, helping them drive their innovation program forward. Um, so you work in the corporate innovation space. Um, it's a space filled with kind of buzzwords and, and a lot of, um, you know, hype around it. Tell us about how IdeaWake is, is kind of different from a lot of the, the other solutions out there in that space. In marketing sometimes, well, most of the time you have to use those buzzwords, right? Which isn't necessarily fun, but uh, what we really focus on, you know, I, I'd set up front for simplicity's sake that we sell a software that helps capture, evaluate, and implement ideas. 
uh, from you know a lot of employees at large companies. So what we found is a problem in our co-development with Aurora is that once you have those ideas, what do you actually do with them? You have the same amount of resources at the back end to implement ideas. You are taking a ton more ideas in. So where, where do all the ideas go? And this was a common problem that we found across a lot of different organizations that ran these programs. And so what we decided to do was basically teach the, well, build intrapreneurs inside of these large organizations by taking them through essentially accelerator programs over four, eight, and 12 weeks in order for them to learn the skills they needed to actually validate, develop, and pilot their own ideas. And so that is the idea box. Yes. And uh, the idea box is, is really an accelerator, isn't it? Yes. We, we, we're dubbing it as an accelerator as a service. And so tell us about how you kind of go about running these different programs in, in these large companies. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to try to keep this condensed. So <laughs> how, yeah, so how it all starts, right? So we, we sit down with the organization, figure out what their strategic goals are, and we run these things called challenges. So those challenges are a topic that employees are submitting ideas under. We'll engage all employees essentially in like an agile sprint where we're collecting ideas over a two to three week period. Uh, then we have a couple rounds of voting where ideas are surfaced and selected. And then from that, they enter into essentially a cohort-based program. So it'll take five to 10 teams through initially a four-week program to do initial validation of the idea and prove out, does the problem exist? Who's the customer? And what's the size of the problem to that customer? Then you essentially do, buzzword, a Shark Tank-like pitch to decision makers. Uh, then from there, you can either unlock uh, additional funding to actually build out a prototype, or it can get put into the parking lot for like later exploration. But you go through first a four-week program for validation, an eight-week program for prototyping, then a 12-week program for piloting. And so the the challenge teams that you're working with, those are made up of primarily frontline employees. Correct? Yes. So our, our naturally in, in organizations, we find that the most engaged employees are on our platform specifically, are directly correlated to your um, you know, standing in the hierarchy of the organization. So with each additional level of management you go down, the higher the level of engagement with that specific segment. So most of the teams that we're running through are customer service representatives, often with no business experience, that we're taking through this program and essentially you know, making them entrepreneurs. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I mean, you have it's fun. nurses, it's fun. doctors, uh, kind of frontline employees at these large health systems, building startups essentially internally mm -hmm. in these companies, um, and it's very cool. Um, so how long have you been at IdeaWake for? So we were founded, the, the initial company, right? So Inventilator Incorporated was founded in um, October of 2013. So let me do my math, right? We're going on five and a half, almost six years coming up. And so that's a, that's a long startup journey already. It is. Um, I'm sure we have some founders or, or prospective founders in the room. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's about to set out on, on their startup journey? So let's, for, just to get a poll of the audience, how many people here are, you know, thinking, have an idea for a startup or are actually running a startup? Okay, so depending on your stage, I would say the biggest learning for us and the, you know, the number one piece of like tact tactile, tangible advice I give people is you always normally start off, you want to have like the sexy B2C company. I would suggest all B2C, 95% of B2C companies can go B2B. So that would be my first piece of advice. 
find out how to sell the businesses because it's a lot easier to land a few businesses versus having to do a lot of marketing for consumer facing. And it's very easy to get the voice of the customer early on to get you your first win. And then you can ride on top of that like we did with Aurora. Um, and so B2B is the way to go. Yes, that would like literally number one piece of advice, B2B is the way to go. Um, the other thing, obviously we're six years into our journey or five and a half and some change into our journey. And uh, I would say really just, it's more perspiration than it is, it's perspiration and inspiration, right? But it's really, you have to be willing to put in the work. So make sure that before you move forward and you know start the company and are about to leave your job that you understand that upfront, it's going to be five to 10 times as hard as you think it's going to be. It's very fulfilling. I do it 100 times over, but you just need to understand that up front. And so, so you've raised probably about over a million in, in venture funding. Yes, about 1.5. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. that's public. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't Matthew, but. Um, well, we're breaking news here on the Startup Milwaukee yeah. podcast. Uh, so, um, you know, you've, you've raised that primarily from people in the Milwaukee area. How have you gone about that process? trying to make this actionable. So I started initially. So when I had left Ernst & Young, I had an idea. I realized very shortly thereafter, I was living in the third ward, no income with an idea. Uh, so what I started with was literally going through my LinkedIn and reaching out to everybody that I thought could be potentially an angel investor and grabbing coffee with them. That's like where I started because when you initially do, for your first 25 to honestly 100,000, so your pre-seed round, you're not going to raise from somebody that is going to rationally think that your idea is going to work. They're going to invest in you. And so anything that you can do within your like actual connection network, anybody that you know is well-connected is where I started. And then also, like I said, people that I thought could be private angel investors in my network, grab coffee with them, ask for advice instead of money, and then from there started to build out some you know, initial traction. And once you raise the first you know, 15 to 25,000, it's not easy by any stretch, but it allows you to kind of like, what I always say is ride the wave. Uh, so it makes it a lot easier to get that initial pre-seed money for you to build out an MVP. And so um, that's some great advice. Um, Thank you. You're growing your team, mm -hmm. you're hiring. Um, what do you look for when you are, are hiring um, for your startup? It's a great question. And as you're, you know, in the stage we're in, I think the most important thing is team. I would say right now what we're looking for more than the, you know, tangible skills themselves, because not a lot of people come in, you know, and major in innovation, right? Or lean startup methodology. People have entrepreneurship backgrounds, right? Or can major in entrepreneurship and learn lean. Uh, but I would say like living by like core values or having these core values of yourself, which are being self-driven. I'm not going to give all of them right now, but being self-driven because of the fact we are a small team and being able to take initiative, uh, but then also looking to constantly better yourself. That's really like the number one. The, if you combine those two things, the rest is, those are the table stakes, if you will. And the rest is, you know, the nice to haves. And so being a startup founder is easy, right? Super easy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, where do you go for um, for support and advice? Well, I'll go to you, Matt. Oh, right? well, thank no, you. Yeah, we just, we, yeah uh, no, it's, <laughs> you know, looking at, it's, it's very important early on. And this, as a founder, you have a ton to do, especially when you're early stage. What I would say is, you know, from those that, for example, aren't going to invest money that you do those initial coffees with off LinkedIn, 
Uh, I would try to build out advisors that you can reach out to in times of need, uh, not just for money, but the emotional support as you go through the journey is, is just as important, if not more important. So I would say, you know, like, who do I go to? Um, you know, obviously I'd mentioned you, but just people that you're meeting at these types of events, right? Uh, make sure to network with those folks because it's always nice to have somebody to be able to call. Not sure if that was a good answer or not, but. It's a great answer. Oh, thanks. I think okay. often it's startup founders know what other startup founders are going for and are probably the best. Fellow so, founders are the ones that understand the grind and the struggle more than more than anyone. So just an infomercial for Startup Milwaukee. We do have a, a circle of founders called our Founder Circle, which is a a public but private network of just tech company founders here in the region. And I think it's been very helpful. And Kobe doesn't have to comment and it's helpful. No, I, I agree. <laughs> um, so um, I guess, uh, you know, where do you see IdeaWake five years from now? I don't know. I don't know if I want to answer that question right now. No, I mean, I, I see us. Uh -huh. <laughs> IPO. Yes, IPO. Uh, so, you know, where I see us going over the next, I can tell you over the next three, um, once again, some, I think Blue Mangoes had mentioned, you know, you don't do projections five years <laughs> out because of the fact that they're never accurate. You know, we, we do know where we want to go, um, you know, over the next one, two, and three years because beyond that from where we are, don't see a ton of value in it. Uh, but it's, it's just continuing to grow into, we, our core product right now is software. And we really want to impact as many entrepreneurs and build that out as much as possible because that's the original inception and vision of the company is to enable people with the skills and resources that they need in order to take ideas and actually build them with the highest probability of success. So looking over the next two years, we're really looking to expand that accelerator as a service program. Uh, we're obviously also looking for exit opportunities in the next three to five. That's the elephant in the room, I guess. Uh, but you know, really what we're focused on now until that gets closer is really just focused on building the community, uh, both within Milwaukee, but then also, like I'd mentioned, those accelerator graduates that we're bringing through. Yeah, and you're doing a great job. You have some, some big logos, some big names mm -hmm. out on your website of companies you're working with and helping them truly drive their innovation programs. So it's very cool. You're flying under the radar here in Milwaukee. Um, but not anymore now that yes. you're on the Start Milwaukee podcast. <laughs> this is taking uh, next level now, next level. So uh, we do have a live audience here. Um, if you have questions for Kobe, um, fire away. Jeremy. And I'm going to rephrase the question so we get it for the podcast. So. Um, Jeremy just asked, uh, you're working with Aurora, um, does that make your relationship exclusive with them or, or other healthcare companies? That's a, that's a really good question. And we got, as you do things for the first time, you're very green in them, right? So like we had never done a co-development relation, like partnership before. And I didn't ask that question up front. By the way, it's a very good question to ask up front um, <laughs> when you're getting into these types of relationships because you're building something out. Often, the co-development piece is you have, you're, you're spending six to nine months building something out with this partner, right? Uh, they're bringing their resources in, but you're spending your time. And obviously, that's you know, one of the most scarce resources as a founder that you have. Uh, for us, I'm giving a very long-winded answer they wanted us to expand into other healthcare networks. So it was, we are not exclusive. So we're working with Pro Healthcare now. Uh, we're talking to several other healthcare organizations nationally that I can't disclose yet. Um, but it's, you know, 
for us, we were very lucky because that was the intent and they really did have our best, uh, you know, our best outcome in mind for the future of being able to scale the company. Oftentimes though, you're going to run into that. So that's just something before you actually sign any paperwork or are moving forward with that co-development relationship. It's one of like, you know, the five tick mark questions that you would ask up front. That is a great answer in the back there. Yep. You want me to rephrase yes. it for you? We Just can edit it out. Keep the, the edit format. So the question is, how do you in incentivize entrepreneurs in an organization? So the answer that everybody loves to hate is it depends. Uh, it really does depend on the organization and their willingness. Like they have, you have a couple of different ways that you can incentivize these programs in general. For the front end piece or the software, it's really about half of our customers use some type of incentive, whether that's gift cards or whether that's, um, you know, Amazon Echo Dots are really common, uh, but really it comes down to the front end piece of participating where you're participating with thousands or tens of thousands of people is that they want the intrinsic benefit of having like making their voice heard. All of our messaging is around making your voice heard and it works very, very well. At the back end, which I think you were asking specifically for the entrepreneur piece, there's a couple different ways that you can incentivize it uh, that we've seen at least. So you have Automatically, you get funding internally and time off of work. So it's the Google 20% time rule uh, over the four weeks, the eight weeks, and the 12 weeks. And you're actually getting a little bit more and more time as you're going forward through that those three different you know um, levels of the program. But the other piece now that we're working into is actually either A, getting financial compensation if it's a continuous improvement type project where it's a cost savings, for example, uh, but also the you know, the true entrepreneurship version is being able to actually receive equity um, or, you know, a future revenue agreement, right, or a future percentage of net profits uh, if the startup or the product itself gets commercialized. Mm -hmm. One more question. Yep. Kobe, I work with your mother. I'm sure she, Cindy's very proud of you. Oh, look so, at that. So. Nice. <laughs> um, question for you. Kobe, um, I used to work with your mother, just <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> we'll edit that out. Um, so what are the challenges you're currently facing uh, with IdeaWake? That was awesome, by the way. Thank you. Um, wouldn't be here without my mom today, obviously. Um, but, you know, the biggest challenges that we're facing today, I would say, are really around, you know, how do you attract the right talent? Um, and not just for the short term, but for the long term of the organization. So, I mean, um, trying to expand on that a little bit, but it's really like not just the talent itself, but finding the right people with the right motivators, like those two values that I had just mentioned before, are the, really the two biggest things that we're looking for. It's like, how do you identify those people, not just in the interview process, because one of the things that you don't have, once again, as a startup is a lot of extra capital and a lot of extra time. Uh, so it's figuring out how do you start to 
come up with a system to identify those folks early and reliably so you're not four to six months into a relationship uh, with a new team member and it's causing rifts amongst a small team uh, and also you know dragging in more of your time as a founder as you're trying to find somebody new all right kobe thanks for joining us this morning and, yes. and you'll be around after this if people want to connect i will be yes Excellent. feel free feel free to connect with us and thanks everybody for taking the time to listen thanks for joining